Hello, Guru Fateh. Welcome to the SIGCAST. My name is Manpreet Singh. Thank you for being with us. We are back with the Shabbat of the week. And with me, I have Harinder Singh. Harinder Singh, Guru Fateh, thanks for being on the podcast. Guru Fateh, nice to be back again. So let's get into this week's Shabbat. It's titled, Creator Administers Complete Justice is Fully Capable of Protecting Owns Votaries. So Harinder Singh, please read it in Gurbani, and I will read the English, and then we'll get into what's the main idea of the Shabbat. Gaudi Mahala Panjava Gariba Upar Je Khenja Dadi Par Brahm Sa Agan Mahasadi Pura Nyao Kare Kartar Apne Das Kao Rakhan Har Rahao Aad Jugad Pragat Partap Nindak Moa Upaj Vadtap Pin Maria Je Rakha Na Koye Agge Pache Mandi Soye Apne Das Rakha Kant Lai Saran Nanak Har Naam If the bearded powerful persecute the poor, the transcendent has them burning in their own fire rage. Creator administers complete justice, is fully capable of protecting owns votaries. Reflect. Glory heat manifests since the beginning and throughout the ages. Slanderer dies in the high heat turmoil being produced. No one can protect those being destroyed. Their reputation is spoiled here and hereafter. Own servants are bosom embraced and protected. Nanak, remain in sanctuary and contemplate on all pervasive nam. So, Arinder Singh, there's, I feel like there's some historical context we need about this Shabbat, but please, let's get into the main idea of what it's trying to tell us. Sure. So, you know, this is, as the title says, it's in Gaudi Mahala Panjama, and Gaudi is the rag, and the, the, the season for this rag Gaudi is actually the winter season. And the time is the afternoon, uh, uh, the daytime period or night times so is the afternoon rag. And the word Gaudi itself actually means style, which in the uh, classifications of Indian classical music or Hindustani classical music, this is considered actually part of Sri Rag, which means this is about having wisdom and light, so we can have a contemplation as to what to do. So that's the Rag idea. This is the season and the mood idea. And Mahala Panjava is Guru Arjun Sahib. So this is Guru Arjun Sahib speaking, or rather articulating his experience of the divine, and there's a context to that. So as you know, Guru Arjan Sahib um, went through, in addition to gifting us Guru Granth Sahib and Harbandar Sahib complex, he actually went through uh, incredible political persecution and torture himself and eventually martyrdom. And one of the contexts of that is that the person who uh, was the revenue officer of Lahore, Sulhi Khan, he, uh, the bearded part, and this will relate to what does it mean, Kinja Dadi part. So he was the revenue officer who had complained against, in conjunction with Guru Arjan Saab's brother, Prithi Chan, and he actually uh, deputed himself to, as they say, assassinate Guru Arjan Saab. And during that time, he met his fate because he went to one of the, the brick kilns where the bricks were being baked to do constructions of various sarovars and city-states, including the Barsab area complex, and he ended up dying there because his horse fell in that, or you can say, brick oven, essentially, and he physically actually literally died there. So there is a historical angle to it. 
Uh, and the message, because the message is always uh, uh, timeless, beyond time and space, the message here is that the Raha, in the Rahau line where it says uh, that the creator Guru Arjan Sahib believes in, so Kartar idea, Kartar is the creator, is the one who does pura nyao, complete justice. So the, you know, there are every religion, political theory, other places have their own ideas of what justice is. And Guru Arjan Sahib says, you know, we have our own idea. The Kartar I believe in, the divinity I believe in, or subscribe to and live by, my paradigm is that Earth is a very loving divine, loving Ekoankar, but at the same time, this element of love is that the one who administers complete justice and takes care of uh, their own devotees. So that's the Rahau line. And then the first part says, Gariba Uparjakhen Jaidari, that the Dari part here essentially is, you know, a lot of the rulers at the time who happened to belong to, uh, at the time of Guru Arjan Sahib, were the Mughal dynasties, and they had beards. And in Punjabi, South Asian context, they say, when they touch their beard and make a statement, which means they stand by that statement. And Suli Khan had done something similar. And there are other people who have done it historically, where they basically would say, you know, it's almost like that I, um, I take an oath on my beard that I will do this work. And what Suli Khan had done was that I'm not going to sit still until I take care of Guru Arjan. So essentially, this is like an arrogance of a dictator speaking or a tyrant speaking. That's the idea. That's the context of the, the bearded powerful. So the idea of bearded is the powerful here who happened to be physically bearded at the time as well. Uh, and what Guru Arjan Sahib is saying, you know, it's their arrogance. It's their power, which actually they burn in their own power, which means they're not able to think clearly. And, uh, and then it comes down to who really is the protector. And then the protector says, is, Ad Jugad Pragat Pratap. The glory, the heat, which actually manifests all the time, which means not the temporary power. Temporary powers might be of dictators. Temporary power might be of people in the positions of power. But the power which remains all the time, heat which remains all the time, the glory which remains all the time, is of the divine. And the people who are in temporary power structures, they actually get caught up in their own arrogances, their own heats, their own turmoils, and they die within those turmoils. Um, and then the third part is essentially about that idea that the divine takes care of us. Nobody can destroy the one who is under the protection of the divine, and no one can protect those who are actually being destroyed in their own heat, in their own arrogance, their own pride. And their reputation is not only going to be bad while they're alive or while they leave this world at the same time. So the point is, everyone knows what the tyrants are up to, even if they're not able to speak about them at the time, their reputation is going to be bad all the time, other than the few sycophants who are around. And the last part is that the devotees are embraced. They're in their bosoms. What does that mean is that you might be going through physical persecutions, but the, the idea that they're going to destroy you, they're never going to be able to destroy you because you are the one who's embraced by the divine. And if we are in divine sanctuary, if, if the devotees are in Nam Tiai, Har Nam Tiai, and all provinces culture of divine identification, then nobody will be able to destroy, destroy your reputation ever, even if they temporarily are over to, able to over, overpower you physically. So this Shabad really is Guru Arjan Sahib's take on uh, how tyrants operate, the intrinsic nature of the divine, which includes justice, 
And people who are being persecuted, what they need to be doing, they need to be identifying with the larger identities, even if temporarily they're being persecuted. Great. So how, how do we make this Shabbat relevant today? Well, this is very relevant today. I mean, in an America where, uh, you know, you and I are living, there is a conversation going on about the dictatorial ideas in the government here and how they are being pursued uh, through various agencies and their state, uh, state's agencies. Uh, most of the Sikh community, for example, lives in the state of India. Even same conversations are taking place there that how physical killings to banning of the movies from minority communities or minority ideas or anything which does not believe in the Hindutva ideas are being taken care of. So this idea of tyrants coming down to exercise their pride and arrogance, and we see this uh, within last couple of weeks as to what has been happening in Africa, the longest-running dictator, how he was handled by its own people and his own army even. So the, the idea is relevant because we also struggle even in today's environment what to do when we deal, when we are faced with, when we have to address um, sort of uh, people who, are, who swear by their power, we'll call it today. So, well, one thing is people who want to respond, people who are worried about these things but are also wanting to respond, what should they do? I think the idea that is coming is, what do you really identify with? And that develops your response. Who do you consider your real protector to be? If creator is the protector, and I am supposed to become creator-like, then I become an agent of justice as well. And this is something very interesting in Sikh perspective, because we don't believe that the creator is the one who is going to deliver justices in the next life or in some other domain, which is not the domain of this world. Rather, we believe creator exist within the creation, which means creator is within me. If I invoke that force, then partly I need to understand that the temporary powers don't matter. If I identify with the, the real power, then I also need to exercise and become the agent of justice myself. Speaking of Guru Arjun Sahib, who penned this Shabbat, how did he uh, deal with it? I mean, you said, you mentioned he was uh, tortured, assassinated, like, how did he deal with it? What was his response? Uh, because he was living in this time, and that's why he writes about it. What was his actual response? Is there something that we can get out of there to make it more, even more real? Oh, absolutely. So his response, actually, he outlines his another Shabbat, where he talks about what people are telling him to do, what state is doing, and what the agent of a state who is deputed to kill him is doing. And he talks about it, how what kind of resolutions are being passed, mata word he uses. You know, the resolution is essentially uh, the game plan which is being developed um, by the state and its agencies. And he completely talks about that. And his eventual statements, and this is a thing which classically I think Sikhs understand it very well, but we need to interpret that. Classically, we understand all this to mean that Vahiguru or Ekuvankar or the divine will take care of me, which is exactly what Guru Arjan Sahib is saying. But what we need to understand is what is divinity? And we have talked about this in some of the uh, podcasts before, including, I think, the very first podcast you and I ever did. The divinity for us is this force. Divinity for us, the kartar for us, the creator for us is this force which we need to invoke. So if the divine will take care of us, the part of that is I need to invoke that force within me. And this is what Guru Arjan Sahib did. He, while he is creating and developing the center of the Sikhs, Harmandar Saab, while he's articulating and gifting to humanity 
Guru Granth Sahib, at the same time he's training Sikhs that they need to become sovereign economically, like setting up markets. He's also, uh, because the, the, the system had started from Guru Arjun Sahib onwards, training people physically, because he writes like that too. He has Shabbat where he talks about that physically I'm being developed. And he tells Pai Gurdas and Baba Buddha Ji, who were the emissaries, uh, the known Sikhs of the time, to train his son into the martial arts, not just the linguistics or the fine arts or the what we now call the liberal arts. So he's doing all of this, but he also displays that the ability to have diplomatic relations, which is exactly what he has to deal with when he's imprisoned, ability to withstand torture, all this is relevant today because this is being talked about what can an individual do? They have to display and exhaust all their means. And when he's sitting um, uh, and being tortured by the state and its agents in Lahore, one of the last conversations he has, which is recorded by, uh, in Gyan Ratnavali, which is basically interpretation of the secondary text, and he tells two Sikhs that now the time has come for Guru Har Gobind that all his training um, needs to come out in the forms of Kripans, which basically means fighting physically for the political rights. So Guru Arjan Sahib, was, through his own life and through this Shabad, is actually showing us he completely relies on the Creator, but he invokes Creator, because Creator is not a person. Creator is a quality within, and the quality of being able to fight for justice is something he also invokes and trains for, and finally physically calls for uh, two days before his uh, departure, or rather not departure, uh, before he uh, went on to live in the River Ravi. Ravi. So, um, in fact, if if, you, if other if others are interested in more of this, I wrote about I wrote a blog uh, earlier this year. It was called Guru Arjan Sahab, the Sovereign Martyr, which actually talks about some of these ideas. No, that's great because I'm really glad that we are talking about this Shabbat because I feel like there's a trend going on, at least where I'm living in New York, uh, in Long Island particularly, where it's all about the spiritual aspect. It's all about, you know, we say meaty, uh, beady, uh, but it's really, it's all about beady. It's all about just, you know, let's pray, let's do Sukhani Sab, and let's, uh, let's just uh, not talk about politics, so let's not get involved in politics. Uh, six, some people say six were never political, so I'm really glad that we're talking about this because they're both hand-in-hand, hand. Guru Arjun Sab deals with uh, all these elements of life. And so, uh, you know, I don't know how to buck this trend, but I hope that we can start bucking the trend and start getting more political, which uh, which I I feel like the trend here, especially even with our youngsters, it's all about, you know, let's just, uh, it's like a checkbox of just praying and being spiritual, but nobody wants to talk about politics. Nobody wants to think that this is part of Sikhi as well. And this is part of, the development aspect of being a Sikh. So I appreciate you really interpreting the Shabbat. Well, I understand the, where you're coming from, but I think I would like a bit of a correction there. It's not that nobody, but not enough people talk about it anymore. And part of that has to do with the culture we have developed uh, within Sikhi. You know, Guru Arjun Sahib, within this Shabbat, at the end, invokes Nam again. And he's saying people who live in all-pervasive Nam, people, people who tiai, which means they actually... Um, we were, when you read the translation, or transcreation rather, it says, uh, remain in sanctuary and contemplate on all pervasive Nam. This is very political. The word sanctuary is very political. And so Guru Arjan Sahib is actually saying, if you have Nam within you, 
if you identify with the naam, that is the last part in this shabad, and it relates to the rahau line. It actually has complete relationship with being then uh, justice oriented. So yes, what has happened at the larger, I uh, you can say in the Sikh families and the Sikh communities is that we have revised what it means to have naam within you. We have revised what it means to be an agent of justice. We have actually changed the narratives on Guru Arjan Sahib, who lived, who gave Guru Granth Sahib and set up the center, and then to protect that center, the training of his own son, who eventually became the guru as well. Uh, in fact, since we are talking about this, just a side note, because, you know, Pai Gurdas actually writes that the state and its agent, to confuse the Sikhs, started to look like how Guru Hargobind looked like. So they would wear a turban like him. They will keep the weapons like him. They will uh, make his, his dress look like... So essentially the idea was they would do everything like Guru Hargobind was doing except talking about and working on the issues he was working in. I think this is equally relevant even today. Uh, so we may look the part, but unless we think the part and behave the part, the looks are deceptive. No, that is very relevant today. And I would also I also want to let the listeners know, even, uh, you know, Nam, you have a whole, I would just, I could just, I guess it's a lecture on what Nam is and how you, in your point of view, what Nam is and what Nam is and, you know, Sikhi, and you have all these historical figures that I talk about. And so, you know, Nam is like this whole thing. We reduced it to like one or two things, I guess here, or at least that's what I see. But your YouTube lecture, I, uh, I hope people go on and just, you know, Google search it. You'll find it. Um, and it's uh, it's very, very in-depth and insightful. Uh, Harinder Singh, any uh, final thoughts on the Shabbat? Yeah, I think we should talk a little bit more about, because in this Shabbat, there, there the, the, the flip side of what you've been talking about is people saying, okay, then we should take everything in our hands and take care of business. Well, yes and no. Yes, we need to take things in our hands, and yes, we need to invoke the ideas of justice, but who? People who identify with Nam, people who believe in creator or creative forces, and that those people, they actually work to create how to tackle or address the tyrants. Not every single individual who is part of that tyrannical regime, for example. So what that means is, in this case, it was Sulhi Khan. Eventually, it was Sulhi Khan. Eventually, it has to do with the governor as well. But it is not everyone who's participating in tyrannical regimes. So I think the idea is we need to develop aptitudes. We need to develop our own sanctuary relationships with the divine. And outside, then once that is happening, then we figure out um, with intellect, man, and then physical energy, tan, and tan, which is the financial strength, on how to deal with tyranny. That's the bigger idea. And what it says then is, if you have worked that much, you have figured out who are the arrogant people and how arrogant who are power, then there is no one can save those arrogant people. And this is a very powerful line here. No one can protect those being destroyed. Their reputation is spoiled here and hereafter. And we have seen this. We have seen in this history even 33 years ago. We have seen in this history what... Uh, Indian state and its people did with the Sub complex and the Sikh genocide. State has spent so much time in protecting the ideas of those dictators, but really other than the annual events, nobody even thinks about that, who headed the state at the time. Now, the point is, um, no one can protect them. This is very important to understand. 
people who are arrogant, people who create incredible destruction, Guru Arjan Sahib is saying, their reputation will be spoiled forever and nobody can protect them. And then the last part, which I want to come back to also, you know, I want to talk about the word Khenja. Maybe that will help a little bit. The word Khenja came here, uh, which essentially had to do with the Dadi part. And I already explained Dadi actually means not physical Dadi only. Of course, people at the time had physical Dadi, but it's more about people who swear by their own pride or arrogance. So Khenja could be Khitcha, you know, pull or Khenja or Khenja. If you are interested in this, there are whole sort of descriptions available. But interpretively, all this means people who who became so angry that they end up becoming incredibly destructive force. That's what it's being talked about, that anger creates destruction. And people who are incredibly angry and in the positions of power, they become what we now call genocidal killing kind of uh, things. Um, and that's what we are seeing in the world. So people who want to address these things, they cannot be doing it in anger. They need to be in love. They need to be in nam. This is Rag Gaudi. The style of how you do it matters. So if you're taking on the tyrant, we need to make sure from a sick paradigm that uh, those who are taking on the tyrant, they do not display the same behavior or the same mindset. Rather, they find sanctuary in divinity. They find sanctuary in creator, and they become creator-like to fight the tyrannical regimes. Great. Really, really appreciate that. So, And also, before I let you go now, what are you up to? What's happening? What can uh, listeners look forward to coming up by you? Well, uh, as you know, about a month or so ago, our first uh, State of the Punt series report was produced on who is a Sikh. If your uh, audience haven't looked at it, I highly recommend they look at it. This is looking into to make sense of, at a macro level, what Sikh community globally needs to be thinking about on the issues where we are becoming divisive or confused about. So that was all about you know, who really is a Sikh, who self-identifies it, what should institutions do, how do individuals uh, can look into to create, you know, knowing firstly, knowing about who we are, and then growing as a community, as a nation building as to who we are. So we are working on the second uh, report on that series. The survey part is done. Now we are working on the, uh, the Gurmat uh, elements of it, and then recommendations, which will be on the marriage, looking at the institution of marriage, um, what people feel about it, uh, what the what Guru Granth Sahib says about it, historically, how it was conducted, how it became legalized in the last 100 years, and the kind of issues now from a gender, from uh, sexuality, as well as from legality, the issues we are facing from interfaith marriages to regular marriages to all the other things which have now come into the early 21st century issues, and how can we make sense of that as a community? So we are working on that. Hope to produce that in next uh, month or so. Awesome, awesome. All great. Looking forward to it. Harinder Singh, always a pleasure. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you, Manpreet. Guru Fateh.